season is upon us it is christmas eve nfl eve welcome to the asylum fantasy sports show on the asylum fantasy sports network and asylum fantasy sports.com we are fligger and briggs i know you know that by now you better and it is it's week one and this is wednesday tomorrow is game one new england patriots at home against the pittsburgh steelers rick and uh Take the over on this one, I think. Yeah, take the over and uh, take the pats, I'm going to have to assume. Well, we'll get into that later, but uh, yeah, I think. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually listening to a show, and I forget which one it was, just kind of passing. And the guy made a comment saying, you know, everybody says that it just it's going to be cruise control in the AFC East for New England. But I'll tell you what, I really worry about that secondary. Apparently, this guy hasn't seen Pittsburgh. <laughs> because, truthfully, unless some of these guys, Shamarco Thomas can actually, granted he hasn't had a lot of experience, and he's going to need it, you know, just to gain knowledge of the game. But Brady picks guys like that apart. Oh, I mean, it, they have to step up as the season progresses. Or, like you said, they're going to have to score 50 points a game. Yeah, and that's probably what it's going to be. Perhaps they can get a little bit better. Yeah, one fear Steeler fans have had from the day Mike Tomlin was hired. that When Dick LeBeau was gone, was he going to try to force in this Tampa 2 defense? That fear came true, and that's what they're doing. They're not built for it. They don't have the horses for it. And quite frankly, I think those days have passed in the NFL. You're leaving too much room out there, and they get burned. But we'll get into that. It is draft advice time, or not draft advice, lineup advice right. time. Most people, I'm certain, have drafted or are drafting tonight, wrapping up the draft season. So get those questions across at Asylum Football on Twitter. Asylum, what the hell are the emails? I can never yeah, just remember. Just leave that. You know you know the Twitter <laughs> thing. AsylumFootball at gmail.com. AsylumFantasySports at gmail.com. Or if you're listening to the show live, I mean, you want to, call in 646-478-4679. Get in the chat room. It doesn't matter. Send us emails. Twitter, we'll get to all yeah, of them. Maybe, maybe fax us. Can they fax us? probably can't fax us. We don't have a fax uh, Does anybody fax anymore? Well, yeah, I mean, they do, but I don't think they fax questions. Oh, okay. We need more immediate. So this is very important if you don't want to do it tonight, which you can. Hit us up in the chat room or, like Rick said, on the caller line, 646-478-4679. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern, right here on Blog Talk Radio and AsylumFantasySports.com. The Sunday morning inside slant will return. Rick Flieger, tentatively Rick Briggs, and certainly Mr. Scott Fish of the Scott Fish Bowl 360 fame We'll be here answering all your questions in real time. And now, real the Bull Rush podcast, yes. also heard on the Asylum Sports Network. Yeah, you can check him out there. So get those questions in, get ready for that. We will preview the games, give our starts and sits, and answer any question you have leading up to game time Sunday morning. Again, that's Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern, right here on Blog Talk and Asylumfantasysports.com. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And I will. 
desperately try to be here. If not, I will call in at least. Without getting into it, Rick knows I'm running around like a chicken with my head chopped off. And to top things off, my kid just had surgery today on a shattered collarbone from the first game of his high school uh, season this year. He's a junior, and he is very angry about the whole situation. I I can imagine, and I guess the silver lining in all this is it's less complaining about the shoulder and upset that he's not going to be able to finish out the season. So you raised him up right. Our thoughts are certainly with him. Everything going well, I presume. He's good to go. Yeah, he's uh, sleeping, I assume, since we're in the studio. But he was basically sleeping all day after after the surgery, and rightfully so. But uh, he actually pointed out a neat little fact, and then we're going to get moving on, by uh, Bob Greenberg, a local um, station manager, or uh, program director of, of some stations around where we live, pointed out the fact that he became basically part of history. And um, my father, my brother, and now my son, all named Bill, broke their collarbones playing for Grove City High yeah. School football. <laughs> One of those weird things. Saw that tweet come over. You're kind of odd, not even in a conversation you were having with him, just to see that on Twitter. I guess uh, not the way you want to get in the record books, but, hey, uh, Billy, you're in the record books, so if you're listening to this, uh, feel better, and congratulations on that. And thank God your name wasn't Bill. (laughs) Yeah, really. My name's Rick. All I did was break a hand. Yeah, and and whine, and you'd you'd still be whining 30 years later about that. Well, Rick, let's get into it. So much to cover. Why don't we go ahead and start with what's right in front of us, the game tomorrow night. We'll do a little preview here. Look, we joke about it. We joked about it off the top. I think this is a Patriots whitewash, quite frankly. Brady's got so much to prove. He's so angry. I think the big fact here is is Belichick, to his credit, and with everything going on this week, I don't want to give that psychopath any credit, but I'm going to here. He prepared Brady. Not I don't know how much preparation a Brady needs, but prepared in the – preseason in training camp like Brady was going to be here week one so never missed a beat he's going to come in he's ticked off I don't see can you give me one scenario Rick where the Steelers win this football game the only to me the only way is somewhere along the line the Pittsburgh pass rush can harass Brady mercilessly that is, to me, the only way. And, of course, we you know have Pittsburgh's offense perform as we expect. Right. I, and they have to establish the run with D'Angelo Williams, which I think he's capable of doing, but they have to harass Brady. I mean, here's a guy with a passer rating of 109 versus the Steelers since, like, 2001. He did, tortures and, them. Absolutely yeah, he destroys them. them. There's, there's no question about that. And, and quite frankly, in, in two seasons and in this preseason, we haven't seen much of a pass rush out of, out of the Steelers. So that said, I think that's the one. If you're reading a story on Friday morning about the Steelers winning that game, it's the fact that they scored 38 or more and the fact that the Steelers were able to get the one thing since the knee injury, how many years ago was that, Rick? Now 2011, I believe, if it wasn't longer ago than that, mm-hmm. when Brady had the knee injury. Oh, yeah, I think that was 10? It could have been 10 think. or 11, somewhere in there. If you can get in and get messing around around his feet, around his knees, 
he tends to get a little jittery. I don't just don't see that being the case. So let, let's go through them, Rick. Let's start with the Steelers. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is a start. Obviously, Antonio Brown's a start. No need to discuss either one of those. Both top five at their positions. Let's talk about D'Angelo Williams. Okay. I mean, I tell you what. He's probably not your ideal pick, but I'll tell you what. If you have drafted him, I mean, if you have him on your team, you probably, A, thought, you know, just like everybody, most everybody else, it was going to be two two games suspension right. or three. And this is a nice little handcuff to, to Le'Veon Bell. Why not start him? If, you're, if you didn't happen to get Jamal Charles, okay, if you've got Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell. Right. Okay, so that's yours your first round pick. Okay, you don't have a Charles or anybody else. So now you have a running back to pick somebody, Alfred Morris, for example. Right. Bell's not playing. D'Angelo Williams certainly is probably better than the next guy after Morris that you drafted. That's what I'm thinking. So I, I say generally speaking, this week, yeah, he's a start. I don't expect a big rush game from him. I don't. I don't think the Steelers are going to go into the game planning on running the ball a ton, number one. Number two, I do truthfully believe they're going to find themselves behind early, and so you're going to see a lot in the passing game. That said, in a PPR format, while certainly not as dynamic as Le'Veon Bell, while certainly the loss of Marquise Pouncey is big in this arena, I think he's going to see a lot of work in the passing game. I think you're going to see Ben facing a bit of a pass rush here with Pouncey out, with with everything going on the offensive line. So I think five, six, seven catches out of D'Angelo Williams is certainly reasonable to expect. Certainly. Especially you don't have Brian in there. Right. And, of course, like you said, Bell and Pouncey. You know, I see a lot of harassment going on, dump-offs. And let's face it, you know, a lot of people think, D'Angelo Williams, he's not a pass-catching back. Well, he never was in a system where he could. We saw a couple catches that he made behind him with one hand in the preseason. Right. This guy this guy can, has some hands. So, he can do it, and that's certainly. what the Steelers are. Look, I agree with you. He's a, a low-end two, high-end three flex kind of play. If you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, you know, I'm playing him over your, your guys like you – know, I'll play him over Melvin Gordon. I'll play him over all these guys with question marks. Any of that mess going on in Dallas now, and we'll get to in that Detroit. later up in Detroit. Anywhere there's question marks, I think D'Angelo is going to be a nice, nice, safe play. My biggest play coming out of this game, Rick, outside of all the obvious, is going to be Marcus Wheaton. I do believe the Steelers are going to be able to move the ball. The way this offense is rolling, even without these key pieces missing, Marcus Wheaton, I think, is going to be the single biggest beneficiary the Patriots are going to have to try to take Antonio Brown out of the game. They're not going to be successful, mind you, but to the degree that they can, the slack is going to be picked up by Marcus Wheaton. I expect a monster game out of him. Rick, I'm playing him in every league I have him in in a flex spot. He's one of my cheap picks in all my daily fantasy lineups I submitted this afternoon. Marcus Wheaton's a guy I'm shoving all all in on. He may be when we get to the – well, it won't be on the slant. That's why I'm doing it today, but short – Short of any game Sunday, this is my start of the week, is Marcus Wheaton. Yeah, and I mean, I see nothing wrong with that. i tell you one thing that I'm looking at. Okay, we all we already know that LeGarrette Blunt suspended for the one game, so he won't be in there for New England. If you have a New England back, bench him. 
Because you don't know who they are. That's the problem. Jonas Graves was stunned. <laughs> I mean, he he thought he was slated as a starting starting running back. And now he's gone. One, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it, it, it is, it's so bizarre. You just don't know, especially with, with a Belichick team, you know, who's going to be the guy. Jonas Gray had that huge game last year. Of Sunday all of a sudden, night. Yeah, he was going to be the darling. And um, now here he is cut. Yeah. So and and I have no idea with with Blunt gone. I wish I knew exactly because somebody's going to put up big numbers, probably in the rushing. We're doing all this talk about Brady. We're going to gush over Gronk here shortly. One of these running backs is going to have a lot of success. The Steelers are worse against the run than they are against the pass in the secondary and on the pass rush. If Belichick finds that guy and it gets rolling, we know Belichick will keep going and going and going. If I had to take a flyer, Rick, James White might be that guy for me this week. If I was looking for a flyer, if this was week nine and not week one where, by and large, everybody's healthy, I know what my lineup is, I have all this optimism for all these guys I drafted, if this was week nine, I'd take a flyer on James White. I'm just not – I mean, how many times have we seen Brandon Bolden come in and take a game over out of nowhere? Right. Whereas you'd forgotten he was still played for New England and he just shows up, gets 18 carries for a buck and a half and two touchdowns. Very well could be. If you got to play one, and that's the problem with this being week one and especially Thursday night of week one. And New England. I don't think you're a posi- in a position where you have to take a flyer on somebody – Maybe in a daily league, if you're looking for somebody on the cheap, James White. If I had the guts, I'd stand up right now and say, start James White. Right. But I wish I could say and get away with Maybe this is what I'll do. Hold, hold on. <coughs> okay. Me. Oh, boy. <coughs> All right. And, and we'll, I'm going to pause for dramatic effect so we can do some editing later. Rick, my start of the week. Rob Gronkowski. Running back of the New England Patriots, will have a huge week. Can wow. I get away with that? Thanks. Yeah, that'll help everybody out well, there. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Well, yeah. I can go back and edit in the player later. Exactly. I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody in that New England running game is going to have I agree. a agree. You know, if it wasn't for the hamstring issue, I'd be tempted to take a flyer on Tavares Cadet. Possibly. But, like I said, this week one, you don't need to be taking a flyer. I'll tell you what. While we're on the subject, of course, you know Gronk, especially in PPR, you're going to be starting Julian Edelman. Tell you another guy with his Pittsburgh secondary. You know, with Brandon LaFell out, Danny Amendola might not be a bad little start. Might be. Might be. I think you're going to look for the splash. Daily, daily leagues, he'd be a nice, cheap, yeah. you know, run him, or a wide receiver three. I mean, look, until Pittsburgh can stop somebody in the pass game, right. what? why even worry about it? Look. Gronk's going to have a buck and a half in two touchdowns, no question about that. I think Edelman's going to be a big one because he's going to be the guy. He's going to be on a linebacker. He's going to be running free. There's lots of there's lots of room. There's lots of space. So, yeah, I believe Edelman's going to be the guy. I don't know if I'm going to be willing to take the risk, however, on another one of these wide receivers. Again, it's that situation where – I don't believe that you're going to need to take that flyer. There's going to be better options out there. There's going to be safer options. Amendola could come through. It could be one of these other guys. We just don't know. I'm not going to mess around necessarily with the with the New England wide receiver core. Yeah. That being said, I mean, you look at Gronk. Obviously, you're going to play Gronk anyhow. 
Look, this is a buck and a half, two touchdowns coming out of him. I I think you're going to see double-digit catches out of Julian Edelman because there's not going to be anybody to slow him down. But in the end, as you watch this game, it's going to be all about offense. It's going to be typical New England, and, and I think they just run roughshod over the Pittsburgh Steelers here and what's going to be a big offensive output out of everybody, certainly. So uh, Rick had to step out, deal with, uh, deal with a family situation here. So I am going to press on, and hopefully we get Rick back here real soon. Uh, big news of the week for me, folks, is uh, the Christine Michael move heading down to Dallas. Look, not a big move for week one, I don't think. I'd, I'd be surprised if he even dresses. But what this does is just, in what were muddy waters to begin with, question marks surrounding Randall, Dunbar, and, and of course my boy Run DMC. You bring Michael in, kind of a reclamation project, bit of a head case certainly. You, you worry, you, you wonder, but more athletic. I think more talented than anybody down there. I think what this does, quite frankly, is is squeezes Darren McFadden completely out. If you were like me and, and were trying to buy into him a little bit, hoping the reduced workload could keep him healthy, I think this is going to eat into his carries. I think Michael ends up winning this job. I think Randall... Still has some value, especially early in the year. If he can succeed here in these first couple of games, I think it, it bodes a little better for him at, at that point. However, it, uh, I hate that. I don't have the guts to just, just come flat out and say, look, Michael's going to take this job and Randall's going to find himself uh, on the outside looking in. But I, I think it works itself out that way. Behind this offensive line, you get a uh, – you get a good option, a solid option, and a, and a rising star, I believe, in Christine Michael if they can get his uh, get his head straightened out there. So uh, while we wait for Rick to come back, looks like we have a call on the line. Let's jump to that if uh, if it'll connect. Area code 732. How you doing this evening? Hello. Do you rem Hello. Do you remember me? This is Alex. I do, Alex. How you doing, bud? Good. I just wanted to I just wanted to tell you guys my fantasy lineup. All right. Um, my as my starting quarterback, I have Aaron Rodgers. My wide receiver one is Randall Cobb. Wide receiver two, I have Amari Cooper. Wide receiver three, I have Steve Smith Senior. My running back one, I have Marshawn Lynch. And my running back two, I have Isaiah Crowell, but I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna start him or not. Yeah, that is, everything looked good until you got there. And then I have my tight ends, Delaney Walker. Like Walker, like Walker a lot this year. But I don't know if I should start T.J. Yeldon. Uh, the, the running backs I have for Isaiah Crowell, I have T.J. Yeldon, Trey Mason. Melvin Gordon and Giannavi Bernard. I'll tell you what, Alex. That, that that's a first of all great lineup. It look, looks really good. It was uh, Gio Bernard was the last, and I'm just writing that down real quick. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if I'd mess with Isaiah Crowell at this point. I think it helps that, that Terrence West got shipped out and he's not going to be there any longer. All the reports coming out today are uh, Duke Johnson's going to see a lot of work for the Browns come Sunday. If he has any success, I think that squeezes Crowell down to a to, to more of a goal line, third down type of back. Yet TJ Yeldon, he's intriguing. He's going to get the starts. He, he's, he's been nicked up. He concerns me. Melvin Gordon hasn't looked good in camp. I like you having both of these guys on your bench. Presumably one of them is going to pan out. If it were me, is is this a PPR league? Um, no. No. So that hurts Bernard a little bit. I might still go with Gio Bernard there. I think he's going to be the safest bet. And with the rest of the lineup you're rolling out there, I think you're expecting big points from other positions. I, I would be concerned with this is you could take a zero from Crowell or a very small number. Bernard's going to put up enough numbers for you that he's going to at, at least hold his own good chance he gets in the end zone. So if it were me, I would slide out uh, Isaiah Crowell and put in Gio Bernard. And actually, Alex, Rick's back in the studio yeah, here. So, I apologize. So here's our question. Remember our buddy Alex lit Rick from yeah. the slant last year. So he, he's got a, got, a, got a great lineup here. Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Amari Cooper, Steve Smith. Marshawn Lynch, Delaney Walker. His only questions with his second running back, he's starting Isaiah Crowell. But on the bench, Rick, he's got Yeldon, Trey Mason, Melvin Gordon, and Gio Bernard. And I just uh, said we definitely want to get Crowell out of there trying to find the next best option. It is a standard league, a non-PPR, although I still recommend a Gio Bernard just to play it safe. Who was it, Bernard, Yeldon? Mason and Gordon. Trey Mason, okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's between Yeldon and Bernard. I want to go with the safe bet because the rest of his lineup's so solid. Why risk taking taking the hook on somebody? Well, and, and I don't know if I should start Amari Cooper, but I only have Keenan Allen and Larry Fitzgerald on my bench. Only. I tell you what, you got a pretty <laughs> nice, solid team there, buddy. Uh, you know, I really like. Keenan Allen, but his inconsistency destroys him. And, and I don't know if you ever paid – I wrote quite a few articles in the offseason. He had like eight games under 40 yards or something, and you just – you can't take a flyer right now on him. So I, I would stay with Cooper. And, you know, I'm not going to go against Rick. I am I like Yeldon at home, quite frankly. But I think I might just go with with Bernard because he's a little safer, and you know you know he's going to be involved in the game. I think Yeldon's going to be the guy. In fact, I've got him in a lot of legs. So either way you want to go there, but I'm not going to go against Rick. I'm going to take a wait and see approach on Yeldon with this lineup that Alex is putting out. Rick, I think my point is, I know Bernard's going to put up numbers. And it seems to me he's the goal line back. When they get inside the five, it's Gio Bernard. So really good chance of looking at a touchdown there. I'll take that touchdown. I'll take the 40 yards receiving and the 30 yards rushing. I'll take a, a nice 12, 13-point day, add him on to this other stellar lineup we have, and go ahead and uh, start the year off on the right foot with a win. That's what I'm looking for from you, Alex. Re ready for an undefeated season, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Good luck this week. Take good care. to hear from you, Alex. Thank you.
All right, Rick. Well, there's our first old buddy. Right. Out that, that kid knows him some fantasy football. Yeah, he, he does. calls into the slant every Sunday. We gotta just have him on the slant. That's a week. Maybe, uh, hey Scott, if you're listening, you better uh, mind your p's and q's. <laughs> yes, right. Alex is uh, nipping at your heels here a yeah, little exactly. bit. So, all right, Rick. Well, I, I sort of wrapped up the uh, the Steelers Patriots deal. Talked about Christine Michael going down to Dallas. I don't know if you have any sage thoughts on that. What I <laughs> my point was, I, I don't want to rehash it for everybody. I think it squeezes McFadden out. I don't necessarily know what happens between Michael and Randall as the year goes on, but I think the real loser in this is me, you, and everybody else who started taking flyers on DMAC late in draft. See, I'm not, I'm not so sure with that. Number one, um, Christine Michael has had chances to even unseat Robert Turbin as Marshawn Lynch backup. He couldn't even do that. Right. When healthy – He's not going to unseat Darren McFadden. And Dallas has already pretty much made it clear that it, that right now it's a timeshare between Randall and McFadden. Well, yeah, Michael, you're looking I down the road. Down, yeah. For this week, it's still Randall. I'm, ta- I'm talking about for the year. If McFadden stays healthy, I don't see Chris. Christine Michael's done nothing right since I've seen him to unseat anybody. But he automatically becomes the most athletic running back they have down there behind that offensive line. I think he could be a good tool for them. Well, I don't know if it pans out. It's a big gift. The kid's a head case. He's a reclamation project. Well, these things tend to go well in Dallas for whatever reason. It's it's complete dysfunction, but they make it work. It's like functional dysfunction in Dallas every year. If it works out and you're giving him even just a little bit of work, and let's assume it's still Randall's job, you're giving Michael just a little bit of work, is there enough left for Darren McFadden if healthy, and that's a massive if, if healthy, then where does McFadden fit into this? I think it's still, to be honest with you, I think Michael is no more than an insurance policy for a McFadden. I don't think he's as good a player. And I think there's going to be plenty of work for Randall and McFadden both. Now, would I recommend them as a starter or whatever every week? Probably not until we get a feel of what's going on. Right now, I'm not. You know, this every this big hype of, of Christine Michael going to Dallas. Everybody jumping on this. I don't even. I don't know I'm why. I'm hyped a little. I'm hyped a little. I, I mean, yeah, it's good that you're behind the best line in football, but. Let's face it, they can run in Seattle, and I never saw him do it. Well, that's, that's fair. And, that's fair. And I'm, you're talking about um, Alex's question. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach. Well, I'm oh, going to do the same thing with Michael. I'm oh, not certainly. jumping on this and, and worrying about Darren McFadden losing carries. McFadden's going to lose carries on his own because he'll get hurt. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> you always have that. I'll give you that. All right, well, let's move on from that one. So many stories. Uh, Rex Ryan comes out, says, looks like LaShawn McCoy should be ready to play come Sunday. What's your approach with with LaShawn McCoy? He's probably your number one running back if you own LaShawn McCoy. You spend a late second-round pick on him. What what do you do here? i tell you what. If he's my RB1 or even if he's my RB2, you know, depending on where I got him, how I drafted I'm gonna have to play him. Um, I think you're forced to. I don't like it, but I think you're no. Forced I, to. I, I I agree 100. percent I think you're forced to. And they're at home against Indianapolis, which is a plus in my book because 
Indianapolis isn't the the stoutest defense in the league. No, you can move the ball on Indianapolis. But with the quarterback situation, I think the only weapon really that they have is McCoy. On offense, if you look at it, I mean, Sammy Watkins, I mean, there's a sit of the week. Probably. I can't wait to see what Taylor does. I don't want to get so wrapped up in the preseason. In two preseason games, that kid looked like the real deal. Now, again, they're two preseason games, one of them against a horrific Steelers defense. But that said, it was the number one, number ones for the Steelers. I I don't know what that says more about Taylor or more about the Steelers defense. This may not be – look, talking about sitting guys, Sammy Watkins is certainly a guy I'm going to recommend sitting. I just wonder if this situation doesn't end up being better than we expected up there in Buffalo. See, yeah, you don't know. But I'll tell you what, Rex Ryan, you look at any of his teams, defensively, they're going to be sound. We know that. Right. Oh, Offensively, yeah. they're a train wreck. They <laughs> so, always are. Sort of what Rex does. You're right. And the, the situation that really um, struck me – was just the the quick decision to make Taylor the starter without any, you know, basically breaking in. I know they did this to Russell Wilson. Right. But I I just don't think it's the same thing. I mean, I think I would have liked to have seen him get a little time under his belt. Yeah, because preseason you do look good. A lot of guys look good against these vanilla defenses. Right. Now, all of a sudden, this guy has got to start reading things. Right. And as yeah. bad as Matt Castle is, I just think even if it was the first two, three games of the year and, and platoon him in here and there, just – I don't know. It, it, to me, I see this Buffalo season could be a shocker and say, boy, this team's tough. Or it could be just a total disaster. Yeah, well, and I think you could say that about Buffalo and any Rex Ryan team, especially most years. So, yeah, I mean, for this week, as you look in, we'll, again, we'll do our starts and sits on the slant on Sunday. I do tend to agree. I, no, I agree Sammy Watkins is going to – basically everybody but McCoy I'm avoiding. And I agree, Rick. You're going to have to plug McCoy in. He is your number one. At worst, he's your number two. But even if he's number your number two, you spend a second round, late second round draft pick on him. Right. If he's healthy and he's in the lineup, he's got to go this week. We can't get too exotic here in week one, having not because to the point as as we were talking to Alex there, sitting here right now, and a lot of guys will do this. I'm not willing to sitting here Wednesday before week one to tell you to play T.J. Yeldon over LaShawn McCoy. I'm not willing to tell you to play Todd Gurley. All these question mark running backs who in week five or six when we know who McCoy's going to be and we're starting to see who these kids might be able to be, we can have that conversation. I think think we had a show called this about this time last year where I'm going to say don't get cute in week one. You drafted these guys. You drafted them where you drafted them for a reason. If they're healthy, if they're playing, I'm not spending a lot of time unless I'm right. in a daily league looking at matchups, Rick, doing anything unless I've got a 50-50 situation further down my roster. If you're looking look, at McCoy, you got to play him. Look, league. your daily leagues are a totally different animal. There, there are certain positions when you're building a daily league team that you have to shortchange. 
you know, because you're running out of money. This is a a, a week or um, a redraft league, right? You drafted this team round one, round two, round three. Those guys need to be in your lineup until A, an injury, B, they're flopping and somebody else is starting to to emerge in your lineup. But as you pointed out, you drafted these guys where you drafted them for a reason. Put them in there. Right. It's week one. Yeah, got to do it. So. Go uh, ahead. No, I mean, that's uh, that was just a good discussion there. You know, there's an interesting game. I don't know if you're wanting to cover games or just things. Yeah, we're we're just all over the place. I'm just excited. I can't. I can't keep in any format today because it's just here, and I, there's, we could do this show for seven hours tonight if we wanted to. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to. I don't know about you. Oh, I'd love to, but uh, what's the point? I'd fall asleep. <laughs> anyway, an in, uh, in offense I'm interested in checking out this year. This year, especially, and starting off at Houston. I want to get a look at Kansas City's offense. I want to see it's a very intriguing offense. What they're going to be trying to do is Kelsey going to be this huge target everybody is predicting that you and I just really haven't bought into I, yet. I can't do it. I'm high on Jamal Charles. Always, always have been. Always will be. I think the guy is such a dynamic player. But it's the it's the um, wideouts and Alex Smith right. that is so intriguing and and. Not so much them. It's Andy Reid's offense. You don't know what you're going to get out of that. I mean, you look back with the Eagles. You always had inconsistent wide receiver play. Right. Always. Well, I mean, you really had it last year. And I'm just looking forward. It would be nice to get a better understanding of uh, what Kansas City may be doing this year. Yeah, it's going to be something to watch. The Texans, certainly not a good matchup, I think. I'm avoiding – obviously, you can't avoid Jamal Charles. I have tempered expectations, even for a Jamal Charles this week. That Texan defense is good. They're just flat good. Yeah. It will be interesting to see what you get out of Jeremy Macklin. When you look at rosters, there's certain wild card guys, Rick, and Jeremy Macklin's one of those guys. I think we know what we're going to get out of Alex Smith. He's going to be all right. He's going to be a yeah. decent NFL quarterback. He's going to be a real desperate safe haven fantasy-wise during bye weeks or if somebody goes down. You kind of know what you're going to get there. I have my concerns about Jamal Charles, but he's Jamal Charles. He's going to be, I think, one of these guys in the league that's a real wild card is going to be Jeremy Mack. We know what he's capable of. We've seen it in Philadelphia. And what has to be a modicum still, a holdover of Andy Reid's offense. Can Alex Smith run that offense? Jeremy Macklin had that one big preseason game, and everybody jumped right yeah. back on the bandwagon. But as, as I believe we talked about this with the Kelsey discussion a week or two ago. Nobody expects this to be the New England Patriots offense. This is a limited offense. We've got Jamal Charles we talk about as a clear top five at his position. Travis Kelsey has been anointed the second coming to Kellen Winslow all of a sudden, or our fill-in legendary tight end's name. Now you bring Jeremy Macklin in. This guy's being looked at now as a pretty solid wide receiver, too. He, he's moved himself up in this preseason. I don't know that this offense is good enough to support production out of all these guys consistently. I think right. it could be a Macklin week. There could be a Kelsey week. There could be 
and a Charles like, week, but could they ever all three do it like you expect to happen in Pittsburgh, to happen in New England, to happen in Indianapolis, where you expect three or four Green Bay, three or four guys to have solid weekly production on your for your fantasy squad? I don't trust Kansas City as a team to do that. No, not right now. I mean, obviously, you know, because we haven't seen a whole lot. I, I'm just – I'm very weary. When you have a Jeremy Macklin as your number one, which is fine, but then you're looking at the – Better than a Dwayne Bow, I guess. But but you're looking at the rest of the wide receivers. Elbert Wilson, you know, DeAnthony Thomas, Jason Avant, all pretty little guys and virtually unproven, really. I mean, Avant's been around. Here and there. Maybe it's just because he's been around and we've heard of him. Yeah, I mean, but that's the – Who's that first guy you named? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's first. Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson, who yeah. actually had um, three more receptions than Jason Avant did last year, and he only had sixteen. Albert Wilson sounds like the local florist, not a uh, NFL wide receiver. Well, that's a big concern with Kansas City. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, Albert Wilson, that's the concern with Kansas City. That's no, the wide receiving oh. core. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Albert Wilson is the issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I do just, that. I, I've got issues with, with, with Albert Wilson. I don't know why, but he, he makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so let's move on, Rick. And here's something. Does this mean anything to you? You Nothing. have been screaming from the mountaintops your love affair one more year from frank gore chuck pagano comes out this week says that gore is going to find himself on a quote pitch count in 2015 they want to save him up keep him healthy so he can play deep into january does it give you any concern as someone who's declared frank gore basically the second coming of ladanian tomlinson if i'm not mistaken does that give you any pause whatever you know, it, it, the way you exaggerate is, is truly <laughs> hilarious. However, no, I, I like Frank Gore going to Indianapolis. I I'm still do. I mean, I think the guy is at the end of his career, but he's left a floundering team and is now in a flourishing offense. I think that can only mean good things for him. Whether he's on a pitch count or not, I can guarantee you one thing. If they have – um third and two or third and goal from the two i'll bet you frank gore is going to get the ball right and frank gore chances are will score okay he's 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 still a beast and i think he's probably going to be good for you know 75 to 100 yards 75 to 90 yards a game i think that's certainly reasonable I'd, I'd, touchdowns, I would go, I'm estimating, 8 to 10. Okay. I think that's reasonable for RB, too. Those I, aren't I, LaDainian Tomlinson numbers, as you so many times declared yeah. on these airways. Never said that in a million years. Even when he was 24, I never compared him. <laughs> we thought he was right, done Dan then. Is here with my friend and colleague, Whoa, what do we Mark have Sessler, here? We've got, Jets, uh, Browns, we- I what don't the heck know. Is that? We, got, we got nonsense going, madness going it on is here. Madness. We got gremlins in the system. All right, we were talking uh, with Alex. He uh, originally had Isaiah Crowell plugged in as his running back, too. One of the main reasons, other than the fact that he's Isaiah Crowell and plays for the Cleveland Browns, where I take pause with him, is uh, Duke Johnson. uh, Word coming out of Cleveland this week. Uh, Duke Johnson expected to see significant work on Sunday. This is a guy a lot of people are interested in, a lot of people are excited about, sort of outside your Gordon, your Yeldon, and your Gurley, those top-end running back talents. This was the guy everybody identified 
And Duke Johnson moved the needle for you whatsoever. What's it mean for Crowell? Do we even pay attention to this, being that it's in Cleveland? That's to me. That is the key. I mean, you know, Cleveland's running game has been such a mess for so long. Somebody has to have. I mean, somebody's going to have some stats. They're going to have some good games. There's yeah. no question about that. Terrence West out of town, so that that helps a little bit, anyhow. Right, which. Quite frankly, in if, in some deep leagues, he's much more attractive than Tennessee with a bunch of rummies there, even right. compared to Cleveland. Right, right. So, but now going back to to Crowell, look, they have basically Crowell and Johnson on the depth chart at running back now. Period. And if that doesn't move the needle for you a little bit, I don't I don't know what does. Um, I still like Crowell better this week, obviously, because if I had to play one, well, Duke Johnson. I mean, he's only he's he's probable for week one, but he's been dealing with that hamstring. So I look for Crowell to get the bulk of the work. You've got a rookie who hasn't practiced exactly. So I mean, I like Crowell going into this week. You know, as far as choice between those two, but you know, I. I I'm not high on either one of them right now. I mean, they're RB3s to me. Right, right. So, And maybe one of these guys can emerge. Yeah. What concerns me is they're still talking about Crowell as the early down guy and then seeing Duke Johnson in the passing game, which I guess could be attractive in a PPR and on third downs. Look, if they come out and told me Johnson was going to get the bulk of the work, I think he's more intriguing than Crowell. But let's be honest. They're at the Jets well, this that's week. A, that's let's a just big stick them on too. the bench and forget about it. Yeah, right now. yeah. I think we're 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 looking a little little too far ahead there. Uh Rick. Now here's an interesting one. Randall Cobb practiced today, but was limited. I'm going to go ahead and assume he's going to play if he's practicing today, even in a limited capacity. Right. That generally tells me the plan is to play him. Is there a situation, are you concerned enough with that shoulder injury, with missing the time he has? Are we limiting his reps just to ensure he keeps healthy? Is he still a little banged up? Is there a scenario you'd sit Randall Cobb down? No, I don't think there's a scenario I'm going to sit him down. I have a scenario where Green Bay may sit him down in the second half when they're up 35-7 over Uh, the Bears. That's an issue. Something like that. But I I think – you have to play him. Look, Roddy White came back. He had a little elbow injury, but he practiced this week. They're looking to have him start. I think, you know, Cobb's the same way. I think you have to have him in there. They're dynamic quarterbacks, dynamic offenses. You know, play Cobb. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. Play him. I, yeah. I don't think you can I, – I, I just – yeah, you can't take the chance. No. I'm nervous about it. I'm worried about it. It's been awful quiet. It, well, you've been <sighs> – you're a real Cobb downer anyway. I am. When it comes right down to it. And we're talking a, a wide receiver that was, I believe, in PPR, like 7th or 8th or up 10th, top 10 anyway, wide receiving score in the last year. Right. And you're still down on him. Yeah. And I think he was 7th, I think, overall. Yeah. I mean, what more do you need to say? I mean, you're on arguably the best offense in the league. You know, you could argue Pittsburgh and so forth, but, I mean, it's immaterial. Top three. You play them. Simple as that. Yeah. We, we talked about 
Uh, LaShawn McCoy, you're worried about him. Well, you know, you drafted him there for a reason. You put him in. It's week one. Yeah, I, you have to do it. <laughs> he makes me nervous. The injury makes me nervous. But I, th- I think you had the, the strongest point there. What I'm afraid is I think they get out to a big lead on Chicago. If he's banged up, if he's still limited, I think it limits his, his reps. It limits his amount of time on the field. You have to start him, but I think you temper your expectations there a little bit. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not even tempering my expectations, quite frankly. I, I just think a lot of this stuff sometimes gets blown out of proportion and, and strikes, especially in these the early weeks, week one. Everybody's just chomping at the bit, and these little stories get circulated around. Now, come game day, if he's questionable or something, then I start to worry. But if he's probable or playing, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. I, right. He's going to be in there, and, and Rodgers will find him. Rick is not worried right there. No. Down. No concern there. All right, Rick, we got about 15 minutes left. We could start reading through the list of everybody who is banged up, who's probable, who's questionable. But if you're this any may, kind of an owner, you will know this. Yeah, this may shock you, Rick. Uh, C.J. Spiller's going to be out week one, so <laughs> don't fall out of your chair there. <laughs> yeah. hold, hold on to that one tight. You know, that's one thing that the <laughs> asylum will hang their hats on till the end of time. We've never believed in C.J. Spiller, neither one of us. We agree on few things, but we always agreed on C.J. Spiller. Destroyed for it a few years ago, but I tell you what, all of a sudden, you know, we're we're pretty smart when it comes to C.J. Spiller. Yeah, it's it's a one. Uh, you know, a lot of guys like to go out there. You'll see all these guys will go out and they'll make fifteen bold predictions, and when one of them hits, they'll they'll beat that one off the wall forever. That's pretty much the only thing I've ever been completely steadfast on. And we've gotten our cans kicked for it for years. But I think uh, vindication, baby, that's what it's all about. That and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've always uh, always hated him. Although I've always uh, loved Vernon Davis, and that hasn't worked out so well for me. So I'll give you both sides of the argument. Yeah, you're 2-1. Todd Gurley, not expected back until week four. Trey Mason, I don't like the matchup this week. Could be interesting for three weeks. A lot of people, Gurley wasn't drafted early, but he was drafted early enough. Think we see anything from him this year at some point? I tell you what, Todd Gurley scared me to death. I stayed away from Todd Gurley from mock drafts. And we talked about this in the show. I mean, banged up knees. I mean, this kid, this kid is, to me, until I see a year, a healthy year out of him, and he delivers some of the stuff he's been hyped up. I, I don't want any part of this guy. Trey Mason had a pretty good year last year. I mean, would I want him this week, you know, against Seattle? Certainly not. But I'd rather have Trey Mason on my roster than Todd Gurley this year. Yeah. I think I, I just think that he is going to end up being the more dependable back. Look, Gurley's a rookie, banged up already. He comes in, he's going to miss practically a quarter of the season practically a third of your fantasy season and you, you give me trey mason on my bench who i got at a cheaper price any day of the week yeah yeah no question about it all right so got about 15 minutes left here that, that's about all the injury news i can stand here we we've killed uh three quarters of a show doing that let's go through what are you looking forward to what are you finding interesting here As we talk about our plans going to be to play it safe, play who you drafted, don't get cute here in week one, 
trust your instincts, go with it, and we'll we'll evolve with the season as we go. There's a lot of stuff that still hasn't been answered, but maybe starting to clear up. What are you most interested in heading into week one? You mean fantasy wise? What I mean, am I, anything? I don't. Well, I mean, I mean there's, I'm there's, not asking you about the circus or anything. Well, no, but, but I mean, you know, NFL wise, I mean, right now there are just some very interesting matchups. But fantasy wise. Obviously, I'm looking at some of these rookies, especially the running backs we just talked about, your girly and so forth. I want to see what some of them have. Of course, we're not going to see him. Um, you know, Gordon, I like to see him. Yeldon, I'm, I'm interested in, in is he going to be – and I, I'm pretty much a firm believer that he is. He's going to be the guy in Jacksonville. And They're saying he won't be limited this week. Exactly. So you're going to get a good look. I think you're going to know – in part, anyhow. I think Jacksonville wants to find their next MJD. Right. And, and I think he's going to be the guy. I want to see what kind of a mess Rex has in Buffalo <laughs> offensively. I mean, this these are just some of the things that are rolling around in my head. I want to see this jet defense in, is in it, action. On paper, it, it looks terrifying. Yeah. Is it that? I don't know. That's it's such thing. a dysfunctional organization. That's what worries about worries you about the Jets at all times. It's such a dysfunctional organization, mm-hmm. and it continued. Rex left. You you bring in Todd Bowles, and it just continued with the Geno Smith situation. But again, I think offensively, bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick helps that team. It helps Brandon Marshall. I do too. It helps Eric Decker. I honestly think it does. I'm curious to see the running back situation. Well, that's there in I, New York. Well, I think you know just to go on your comment there i didn't know you're gonna stick with i think backfields in general throughout the nfl are going to be very interesting right now you look at houston right you know poke or blue you know with foster being out you got buffalo is mccoy healthy you already hit on frank gore how much is he going to be limited okay we know lacy forte i'm just kind of going through these games looking forward to yelled in the jacksonville right I'm waiting to see. I tell you what, from what I've seen in Artist Payne in preseason, maybe Stewart may not even get hurt before he's not. I'm not wondering if we don't see. I was thinking that, Rick. Uh, funny, I'm sitting here thinking that. I, I saw it in the fourth. Again, it's the fourth preseason game, but I, I watched that game. But in, in previous games, the kid's got it. The kid can play some yeah. ball. We ain't the only two cats in the world, although it feels like it sometimes when you talk to other people in the fantasy industry, but we ain't the only two cats on the planet who realize that Jonathan Stewart can't stay healthy. Right. If I'm coaching Carolina, and I know that Stewart is athletic and a good back but can't stay healthy, and I got this other kid, how much is he going to cut into Stewart's carries before he right. gets hurt? And then when Stewart gets hurt, I think Artis Payne could be of all these rookies we talk about with Gurley, with Gordon, with Yeldon, with Duke Johnson. I think this could be the guy. Artis Payne could be the guy who emerges here, assuming Jonathan Stewart gets hurt at some point. And even if but he, how much does he cut in already? Well, the thing is, even if he doesn't get hurt, what if Rivera finds the nice balance before either, before Stewart does get hurt? All of a sudden, we can go back, uh, you know, four or five years, and all of a sudden, we can have a young version of of, of William Stewart. Now right. we can have Stewart and Payne right. for a couple years. You know, I mean, 
if he finds right balance, they there has it been at no point for all you Jonathan Stewart people. There's been at no point that Jonathan Stewart, healthy or not, was the guy. Right. D'Angelo Williams was always there, and D'Angelo Williams was the star for a while. Jonathan Stewart came in, cut into his work, and they sort of rolled on both pretty much useless, except in emergency situations. Until now, D'Angelo Williams leaves. You think for those people who want to brush aside all the injuries, now's Jonathan Stewart's time. You bring in this artist paying kid who by all accounts is is rolling through camp looks nfl ready i think this kills jonathan stewart and pain hoping he not hoping i shouldn't say that but assuming stewart goes down artist pain's a guy i'm really excited about yeah and i mean we talked about that you know quite a few times you know move on some of these backfields you know st louis we already hit on trey mason and, and, and Gurley. Seattle, no big deal there. You know, Detroit, we already have the Abdullah Bell controversy we've been talking about. See, a lot of this stuff is going to shake out. I mean, how, how big of a role is Woodhead going to play coming back? I think a huge in San one Diego. if Gordon continues to play as poorly as he has. I do, too. Arizona, CJ's new attitude. Does he have anything left in the tank? You know, is, does he go in there and make basically nobody fantasy viable? I think yeah. that's probably, if I had to gun to my head, I think that's how that ended. David Johnson, Ellington, how does that – I don't think – I don't think Chris Johnson plays a big part in any of this. He's banged up already. I'm not even sure he's going to play this right. week. But Ellington Johnson, that's a big question mark. That That's a big one right there. How does that all shake out? Ellington still getting drafted – pretty high as a every week start for most fantasy teams and i think you got a david johnson nipping on his heels a little bit and ellington a guy there's some question marks there how about one we we haven't spent a lot of time on looks like tevin campbell's going to get the start down there in atlanta is he the guy does that shake out do we have as we've had since michael turner got got decrepit on us do we have no true fantasy running back in Atlanta? Does Campbell or one of these other guys work out? That That's a big one I want to see. And we're going to have to see that for a couple of games, I think. But but certainly a situation to start watching, see how Campbell reacts as going in as the number one guy in week one. Well, that's true, you know, but, you know, his name's Coleman, not Campbell. But or what, I, what was I calling him, Campbell? Campbell, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I got too many too many screens ahead of me. You could have cut yeah. me off before that. I just figured you'd babble on Tevin long enough. Camp- Tevin Campbell's somebody though. It's Tevin Coleman. Now hey, let's just let's. Just, I'm looking up who Tevin Campbell. You go right. He ahead. was a football player. I think he was like an R&B star or something. You go right ahead. But you know, Tevin Coleman was pretty highly rated in in the preseason, early preseason mocks, and you know, I thought he was overvalued earlier on. He sort of came down in the ADPs, and now, you know, of course, Devontae, oh, let's see. I don't know. He's questionable. Freeman's questionable. Coleman's going to start. But, okay, Steven Jackson, everybody thought that was going to be the second coming of Michael Turner in Atlanta. Right. It, It just didn't pan out. Devontae Freeman couldn't pick it up. Coleman is this is going to be his job to lose. I think this kid has it, but how Atlanta uses the run game, I think is going to be crucial. It, it's it, it, it's strange. They should be able to. They had White, and I don't know Julio Jones may have been there one year when Turner was there. I'm not even sure now. But you know Michael Turner was a pretty hefty runner in Atlanta when they had. 
you know, good offense. They just don't seem to try that anymore. Gonzalez is gone. Jacob Tammy's there at tight end. There's there's a dynamic player that we thought was going to be in Denver, never panned out. I don't have much hope for Jacob Tammy is doing much in Atlanta as a tight end. Everybody's picking up the the Leonard Hankerson in fantasy because Roddy White had that minor pro, um, procedure done on his elbow. He's going to play. I mean, I, do you actually think Leonard Hankerson is going to cut into Roddy White's playing time? No, I don't. I just wonder. I do worry about the age a little bit of Roddy White. And after so many years, you know, we talked about this for years on the show, Is this, this has been one of your favorite players in the league. He finally got banged up last he year. Did. He finally missed some time. Is he back fully healthy? Is he... I don't know. I I don't know, Rick. Well, you, you I'm not trusting know. him. I'm not trusting. Now is Leonard Hankerson going to jump in? I don't know. Harry Douglas put himself together a nice little year. Now may, it was mainly with these guys out. Well, and exactly. He was able to perform in that offense. Jones and White were out for some right. And and White is notorious for playing through injuries. It's the production that falls off. Right. You know, with with Roddy White, but. You know, let's face it. I mean, last year, you know, we talked about, oh, he was banged up, you know, in this and He played 14 games. He had 80 receptions, 921 yards, and seven touchdowns. Yeah, that's not Roddy White numbers. But if that's a banged-up year, I'll take it. Because he's being drafted as people's WR3s and 4s anymore. Right. See, there's my point. Okay, uh, that was a lovely point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're sitting here daydreaming. I have no idea what you were doing. Well, I, I've got. Something. I actually thought I was talking to you. I've got something in the works here. Oh, you'll, you're looking you'll see up it shortly. Some guy that do- doesn't exist. It ends with <laughs> last name's Campbell. Well, there, there's a there's a, as I suspected there is a Tevin Campbell, and at the end of the close of the show, Rick. Well, I, why don't you just enlighten us now? We only have three minutes. I want to hear this. Well, because just trust me, we're we're going to get it to the very end. All right. Just, just uh, let, let me have my fun here. I don't have much fun on these airways mostly it's just you screaming at me well i'm trying to make a point while you're oh there's a butterfly <laughs> well i do distract. oh there's another one i distract easily i'll, I'll give you that so I mean, folks ladies and gentlemen you don't have no idea what it's like sitting here with this clown <laughs> <laughs> week in a week out and you know we'll be sitting here having a heated argument and then all of a sudden he's off somewhere <laughs> and i mean just like i mean it's you know, maybe a, a text came across his phone that said, you're stupid, and he wants to see who told him that. <laughs> now, who would text me other than you that I was stupid, and you wouldn't text you me. You got an hour? <laughs> well, nobody would actually take the time to text me. Well, that's a good point, too. All right, Rick, so to, to your point, though, we've only got about three minutes left in the show. I'm just sort of continuing to go through the schedule here. Here's one I'm very, very interested in, and this is a guy I have avoided. And I'm not sure for any good reason. So I'm curious to find out right away if this is going to jump up and bite me or if I'm going to be vindicated again. I want to see what Justin Forsett looks like with Gary Kubiak gone. Going into looking like he is the man there in Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore's offense doesn't Going exist. into Denver to play Kubiak. That's a, that's a big issue, too. So I don't know how much you can take away from one game. But Justin Forsett's role, can he back it up? How much of that was Gary Kubiak? How much was it of, of Justin Forsett? Because, look, it wasn't like – and I think this is what I'm hung up on. 
Justin Forsett wasn't a rookie. That cat been around the league for a while. Yeah. And he was a nice complimentary piece everywhere he went up until that point each and every year. He got one year as the man in Baltimore, which, to be fair, he'd never had. He had never had the year where they said, you're the man. It seems to be there once again saying to him, and rightly so, Justin Forsett, you're the man. Does he produce it anywhere near the level he produced last year? Um, Comparable, but I think he takes a step back. That's my prediction. Right. I, you know, it's um, – it's hard to gauge with Baltimore. Are they going to go try to go back to the, you know, Joe Flacco air show? God, I hope not. I fear that though. I know. I really do. You do, but um, you know, I think if they stick, if their defense holds up, and and they try to stick with what some of what they did last year, I think he's going to be successful. But you know, you worry about a guy like him. You know, he, he's not that big. And, you know, he, he started off, what, in Seattle behind uh, Lynch, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And then he went to Houston. Well, how much playing time are you going to get behind Arian Foster? Then he went to Jacksonville the one year. Basically invisible there. Right. And then all of a sudden in Baltimore, 235 carries for 1,266 yards. He'd never been over 620 yards in his career. I'm I'm with you. I think he takes a step back. I think he's going to be the guy, but I don't think he's going to get five and a half yards of carry. Right, and I think that's the issue. And what's his opportunities going to be? And the like? thing is, if you go down to even, if you go down to say four yards of carry, you're down right at about a thousand yard rushing. Right, and that's 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 not a get significant difference. And there's going to be a lot of folks, Rick, a lot of folks that this is your number one fantasy running back, and that's the. I think his numbers are going to be aight. They're going to be fine, not for the price you paid. That's the point. So, Rick, we are out of time here. Happy, happy, happy NFL's Eve here on uh, Wednesday night ahead of the uh, Thursday night opener. Patriots just smacking the crap out of the Steelers and uh, heading into Week One. You know, let, let's hope not. I mean, I, I really hope not. I'm looking forward to a good game. Being that it's week one, you would really like game one to be, you know, a nice competitive game. You know, even 10 points. Right. It, don't tell me this is Tevin Campbell. This is Tevin Campbell, good my Lord. friend. Is this from, a guy or a girl? This is a guy from the album T-E-V-I-N, Tevin Campbell. And you actually heard of this person. Well, I certainly have. 90s R&B, Rick. That's, that's where it's at. That's a guy. You don't remember this? Tell me what you want me to do. No. I'll tell you what I want you to do. (laughs) I'll tell you what I want you to do with that phone that you're playing it on. (laughs) It's Tevin Campbell. I'm just proving that I'm not completely insane. How many Tevins are there in the world? I got messed up. So let's enjoy on the way out, Rick, the smooth, docile tones of Tevin Campbell. Well, hold on. We got more promotion to do. I hate when you do this. So everybody, seriously, check us out Saturday, 1 o'clock, fantasysportsnetwork.com. You can hear another version of the show, start sits, game predictions, everything else. And the big one, hold on, Tevin, I got to, uh, (laughs) this is such a good song. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern, 10 to 11.30, Blog Talk Radio, AsylumFantasySports.com. 
the Sunday morning Inside Slant returns. We take your calls. We answer all your questions. Get them in at Asylum Football, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Me, hopefully Briggs, and certainly Scott Fish will be here to take all of your questions until Sunday morning on the slant on an NFL game day. We'll see you. Remember the good old days when we used to have ACDC for a theme song? That was our opener. And yeah. this, this is hideous. Well, I used this, to do a this, talk on the outro. This is gruesome. It's Tevin Campbell. This, yeah, and Tevin Running Campbell back is for the like, Atlanta Falcons. Is like needles under the fingernails, for crying out loud. He's a running back for the Falcons. You didn't know this guy was so multi-talented, <laughs> yeah. did you? Oh, take care. <laughs> song right there. That's pathetic. And I have no respect for you. Whatsoever. You didn't have any before I played this song. I have less. What's less than zero? Negative ten. <laughs> Sometimes these things just happen, Rick. It's the, the, the magic that is this show. Guess what? I'd have told him. Are you taking knocking us off the air? Don't do that. No, come on. Talk radio. What a jerk. Sorry, I'm going to let the raw feed run and I'm going to switch it out and everyone can hear your chicanery. But I did my part. I bet you turn will stick up. Maybe him, but most of our audience will appreciate this call no, back to 1991. Kevin Campbell, now running back of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. You want to fly back? Go back to Roadhouse Blues or something like that. I don't even know what that means. I knew I got that name from someone. I like how you let me say it 14 times before you correct me. Me to do. Tell me, girl. Tell me, girl.